This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Do you ever think about the providing for your physical needs? Kind of a silly question, right? You ladies were grocery shopping this week or sometime in the recent past. You've paid bills. You watch the news to see what's happening with the economy. Maybe you're a little discouraged because the news reported this week that you may not see your tax return as quickly as you had hoped. Maybe you're still looking for your stimulus money. And I start mentioning these things and perhaps you're getting a little anxious. Well, I'm so glad you're here today because the Lord is going to address that through his word. But do you ever think about providing for your physical needs? I hope the answer is yes. You need to do that. Do you ever worry about your physical needs? Well, God says the answer to that should be no. But we would have to confess, sometimes those things make us anxious. Now, our stewardship requires that we think about physical things. We're going to give an account for what we've done with the physical things that God has lent to us. We're to invest that back for him, right? Our care for our families requires that we plan for the future as well. However, anxiety about any of these matters reveals a faith problem, a trust problem, and a lack of provision may also reveal, according to the text we're going to see in a little bit, may also reveal, if you're lacking provision, that you have a priority problem. Maybe even a righteousness problem. That's right. In our text that we're going to see, God does equate your provision with whether or not in your life you're providing for fulfilling your righteousness before the Lord. Not trying to gain righteousness. Hopefully you've put your trust in Christ and only his righteousness counts, not whatever you're trying to manufacture on your own. But the reality is that now that we have his righteousness, we're to be yielding to him so that he can pr uh, produce uh, in us obedience, which is fulfilling our obligations to him, which is obedience or uh, righteousness. Now, last week we learned about wealth's potential bondage. You can be shackled to stuff. You can be a slave to things. God doesn't want that. So if we aren't to treasure earthly treasure here, that's what the text last week reminded us, if we're not to do that, well, how will we know if we have enough for the future? And see, the Lord anticipated that that, that question would come to our minds. If I'm not storing up, well, how do I know if I have enough? Again, we need to be good stewards, but we also need to obe be obedient to this matter of trusting the Lord for all provision. And so in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, the Lord addresses that. 
right? He tells us how kingdom citizens are to view earthly provision. How do you view earthly provision? And he's going to tell us in this text that we need that provision. We do have basic needs that involve physical things, but how do you view that provision? Now, along with the fact that God made you to have physical needs, all right, that, that's, that's settled. We already made reference to the fact that he's the good shepherd. Sheep have needs. But let me also remind us that we are kingdom citizens. We're children of the kingdom. The father does care about how his children are cared for. Now, we have some children here. A lot of them are up in children's church this morning. If I, if I took time to have them stand, and I won't, but they're a good-looking bunch. I wish you could see them from where I can see them. But what they are this morning is an indication about a dad and a mom who want to make sure they're well taken care of. If they look slovenly, if, they're, if they are wearing rags, that's a reflection on mom and dad's provision. Do you think your father in heaven cares about any of that? He does. He is the faithful God. He is the great provider, and he does care about how his kids look. And by the way, all of you, you're a good-looking bunch this morning, all right? He is doing a masterful job. Though sometimes he doesn't get cooperation from us, does he? Okay. So he cares about that as well. And the text is going to re reveal to us how we should view our own personal provision. I've entitled the message today, How Kingdom Citizens View Earthly Needs. Now look at verse 25. Therefore... He's speaking to those who are not laying up treasure for themselves on earth. We're to be laying up treasure in heaven. Okay. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Now, take no thought is, is the word. Don't be anxious about your life. What ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life... And this is, this is what the original is saying. Is not the life about much more than meat? Okay? When it comes to your life, my life, there's a whole lot more to it than what ends up on our table and in our mouth or on our backs. And the body, more than raiment. So the obvious answer to the question is yes. Based on the previous verses, we are eternal beings. We've got God's breath in us. We're going to live somewhere forever. All right, so there's much more to life than right now. And in fact, if you drop down to verse 33, we're going to be reminded of this again, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See, that's the big picture. So what is the Lord's concern as he continues his preaching? What is he concerned about? Well, our hearts can go from worshiping things, that was the last message, to worrying about things. That's not his will either. So let's just pause for a moment and let's clarify something. 
Jesus isn't saying don't pray. In fact, James 4.2 says ye have not because ye, you don't ask. Okay, So God does want us to ask. And sometimes he will delay in meeting a need because he wants to hear from us. He already knows what you need before you ask, but he wants you to ask. Just to remind you that your stuff, your provision is not up to you, it's up to him. Okay, so Jesus isn't saying don't pray. Jesus isn't saying don't plan. Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Take some planning. 1 Timothy 5, 8, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. All right, so provision, planning, uh, all that is, is within God's will. But Jesus is saying, let me throw another P in there, all right? He's saying, don't panic. So to counter our potential worrying, our panic, he wants us to consider some things here in the text. And this is wonderful. First of all, consider the birds. Look at verse 26. Behold. Now that means stop, look, and consider. Do we have any bird watchers here? It's, it's a good thing. All right, we, we do. All right. Frankly, we need to have more bird watchers here. Okay. I don't know why you're laughing. The scripture says be a bird watcher. Okay. Consider the fowls of the air. Mark, I'm not, he's not talking about shooting the birds. Okay, I'm just, just saying. All right, all right. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Now stop, here's the contrast. They don't do what farmers have to do in order to feed all of us. In, in case you're wondering, food does not grow on the Walmart shelf. All right, it requires farmers. But the birds don't do what farmers do. That's the point. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He feeds all of them. Anybody want to guess how many birds there are on the planet this morning? Impossible. But do you know what the text is saying? The Father in heaven is feeding all of them. Now here's the point. Are ye not much better than they? You differ in superiority and worth. You're better. In fact, you're made in God's image. They're not. So if he's feeding all of them, is he going to neglect you? The Lord will later say, I notice every time a sparrow falls out of the sky. I see that. I note that. And again, we're better than the sparrows. We're better than the birds. So consider the birds. Let's move on. Consider the body. Verse 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Now what does that mean? A cubit is the distance from the elbow to the longest finger. All right? So go ahead, raise your arm, and just, just kind of measure that out. Okay. 
the Hebrew measurement, they say, is about 17 and a half inches. Okay. The point is, how many of you can think about, I want to be taller and grow 17 and a half inches? Now, we're not talking this way. We're talking, okay, all right. How many of us can do that? I have short man's disease. When I was in eighth grade, I took a size eight shoe and a size eight ring. Nothing has changed. Well, almost nothing has changed. <laughs> so someday I'm gonna get my growth spurt, you just watch. But I've thought about that. Nothing has changed. And you can't think and change it either. So what's the point? Well, it goes back to the, the Lord's provision. You can't influence your height by a lack of nutrition. And we've all seen awful pictures by people that, that live in lands where they're not adequately fed or other situations. And you know what? It does affect height. It does affect stature. But the Lord determines all that, right? He determines in our DNA how tall we're going to be. You and I don't control that, but he's doing a great job at controlling that. So consider the birds. Consider the body. This is wonderful. Consider the beauty of what God clothes. Verse 28. And why take ye thought? Why are you anxious for raiment? Clothing. Consider, again, take a good look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. It's springtime. I love springtime. Flowers from previous owners appear in my yard. It's a blessing. Okay? Beautiful flowers. I'm to consider how they grow. But here's what happens. They toil not. They don't labor with wearisome effort. Neither do they spin. They don't need to do what man, woman does to weave a covering. They don't have to. We do that for our provision. What God made in them, they don't need that for their provision. In fact, yet I say unto you, Jesus speaking, the Creator speaking, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, do you remember what Scripture teaches us about Solomon and his court? People came from all over the world just to watch. It was amazing. It was lavish. In fact, during Solomon's reign, the scripture tells us that the silver in Jerusalem was of the same amount as the rocks in Jerusalem. Wow. Okay, but Solomon, though he had the very best in the world working on his wardrobe, guess what? He couldn't adorn himself like God adorns the creation. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmness showeth his handiwork. And some of that is just the way he colors and clothes things. Wow. Okay. So the beauty of it. 
Now, is man better than those things? Yes. Does God care about his children more than these simple but complex things that he has made? Yes. That's the point. So why do you worry? Verse 30, wherefore, if God so clothed the grass, which is today and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? So God clothes the grass of the field. God has created all around this world a green carpet. And it really does accentuate all the other beauty that God has made. That's why some of you have been working hard in your yard. And you're putting down stuff to make it greener and healthier and, and, and so on. But, but ultimately, who did all that? God did. And, and you can go to, in places where fields haven't been cleared and where, uh, where man has not been at work and you still see green carpet. That's God. Now, the point is, that's the most common of what grows. But it's there today. Tomorrow, it's cast into the oven. It's used for fuel. It can be used for making bricks. That's the oven uh, illustration there. Uh, Shall he not much more clothe you? And if you have any doubt about that, if you're anxious about provision, what's the Lord's commentary on the way you think? O ye of little faith. Okay, so look around, look what he's doing, and then God says, so why can't you trust me? Why won't you trust me? So God clothes, provides for the abundant, significant plants, or insignificant plants in nature. Will he not therefore care for what he has made in his own image? Anxious, worrisome thoughts about your basic needs are nothing more than a lack of faith in God's ability to provide for you. If you're anxious about your needs, you don't have a provision problem. You have a faith problem. See, he said, I'll provide. You say, well, yeah, but I, I, what about this? You don't have a provision problem. You've got a faith problem. Scripture declares it, and so does all of nature. He's clothing that. He's going to take care of you. So here's how the application now in the text continues. Verse 31, therefore, take no thought, saying, In other words, your anxious heart will spill over into anxious words. What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? What am I going to wear? What am I going to wear today? Verse 32, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. The word Gentiles is ethnos. All the ethnos. Ethnic groups in this world, you know what they're seeking after? The things that sometimes Christians are tempted to be anxious about. Don't be. That's what they're seeking after. They think they have to provide. They think that those things will bring pleasure 
satisfaction to their hearts. I'll take it a step further from the last message. Those are the things that they worship and also worry about. But children of the Father shouldn't. Citizens of the kingdom of heaven shouldn't. Why? For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Question. Who created the needs? Who created the needs? Tell me. God did. Why do you need food and water and, and clothing and why, shelter? Why? Because he created the need. And so he created the need so that he could fill the need. And in that provision, help you understand how great a God you serve. Now, some of you aren't convinced God knows your needs. Let alone that he can provide for them. Now, just back up in chapter 6 and look at verse 8. Chapter 6, verse 8. Be not therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. So, again, he already knows. And he's able to provide. So that brings us now to verse 33. But seek ye first, not the provision of your things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Verse 33 is a promise. A loving, faithful father has promised to provide. Now let me just pause for a moment. You say, yeah, but what about times in the scripture where you see those who, like, like Paul, who suffered want? Okay, there were basic provisions that at that particular time in Paul's life, he was not receiving. And he, he talks about it. These are the things that I suffered. So, so let's, just, let's just be reminded of this, everybody. As a child of God, your needs are not only physical needs. Think about it. What are your needs? Your greater needs are to trust the Lord no matter what. To rejoice even in suffering and hardship. Those are needs as well. And how is God going to help you know that he is all sufficient if at times he doesn't make you wait on your physical needs so that he can help meet those other needs? Okay? So a, perfect, a perfect father does that. The trying of your faith is much more precious than even gold that perishes. Okay? Uh, the, the things that you need to pay your bills, and yeah, that, that's all important. But there's something more important. God wants to grow your faith and your trust in him. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, the things in the context, the physical needs, as well as your other needs, those will be added unto you. So taking thought to fulfill God's will will result in physical needs being met as well. That's what he's saying here. Seek first my kingdom, my righteousness, 
and these things will be added. So there's a lot of application now as we come to the end of verse 33. The Lord introduces into his message here cause and effect. Cause and effect into his teaching. A believer's lack of provision may reveal some other things. May reveal that they aren't seeking first the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying. Now God is going to supply, uh, supply your needs. He's not going to let his children starve. But sometimes our lack indicates that we're not seeking him first. Seeking first the kingdom of God, where our citizenship lies. Or it could indicate that we're not fulfilling righteousness by doing the will of God in some area of our life. Certainly, that can involve wasting provision. And yet, believers get into these financial situations where they waste provision, and as a result, now they suffer want. That can happen. Bad stewardship. That can happen when we rob God. Malachi says that if we don't rob God, you know what he promises to do? When we just obey him and love him enough to give? He says, I will restrain the destroyer. I'll make your stuff last longer. But if you're not seeking first my kingdom, my righteousness... I'll let the moth and the rust and the thieves do their work. So, so the important thing is, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. All the basic needs listed in the text are met for those seeking first the kingdom of God and living righteously. If you're trying to lay up treasure here, or if you think the physical provision of your needs is up to you, you're going to be anxious in your heart, and you're going you're gonna to lack. Now, you can choose that for yourself, but understand the Father hasn't chosen that for you. King Jesus hasn't chosen that for kingdom citizens. That's not how he wants you to live. Now, here's God's simple answer. Stop worshiping things. Stop worrying about things. Start doing the will of the Father for the sake of the kingdom, and all your needs will be met. That's what he says. That's what he says. Now, as Christians, we think sometimes we're smarter than what he says. And so I have to work extra hours, and I can't serve the Lord anymore, and i, I got to be busy doing these things because, after all, i got, I got to make sure my nest egg is in place, and I've got to, I've got to, I've got to stop. There's got to be a whole lot of worry in that. Why don't you just trust the Lord, seek first his kingdom and what's eternal, pray for your needs. Yes, be diligent. God expects you to be diligent. Pray, plan, do all of those things. But stop living like it's all up to you. Depend on him and live for him. As we conclude, we know that we're not to be anxious based on the text that Brother Mark had us read together this morning, Philippians chapter 4. 
What a great passage. We can rejoice. I don't have to be anxious. I can think right. But we stop short, and that was on purpose, but we stop short of where that passage ends up landing later in Philippians 4, verse 19, where God reminds us, or Paul, under inspiration, reminds us, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So I, I, I don't have to be anxious. And oh, by the way, he's going to supply all my needs. Now this is the summary of Jesus' teaching, Matthew 6, look at verse 34. Take therefore no thought, don't be anxious, for the morrow. Say, okay, I've heard this message, God, God's used it in my heart, and I'm not going to be anxious anymore, and then there's tomorrow. And I go to start the car, click, click, click. I wondered when this piece of junk was going to die. And the anxiety wants to come in. God's promised to provide. Whether it's tomorrow or the next day or, or whatever it is. And I say that with, I, I'm being careful because there's an old truck in this parking lot right now. And I don't know when it's going to give up the ghost. Okay, so I live in the same world you do. But God keeps it going. I don't need to worry. All right. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. In other words, it will bring more to be anxious about if you let it. So don't let it. Why? Well, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Each day will bring its own trouble, so you have a choice. You can worry or you can just wait on the gracious provision of God. So what are you going to do, kingdom citizen? You're going to walk on Gold Street someday, and they're constructing a mansion for you right now. And by the way, once it's constructed, it's not going to need any repair or upkeep. <laughs> All your needs are going to be met forever. And on this side of heaven, God is proving to you that you can trust him as much as you're going to trust him on the other side. All right. So let's seek him first, his kingdom, his righteousness. And let's rejoice as he provides our needs. Now notice in the text what he says are our needs. God is really gracious about giving us a lot of our wants. But don't be deceived into thinking, so I should expect my wants. No, just your needs. Just your needs. And so let's, let's be willing to trust him. Christian, I hope this will encourage you. Again, <laughs> This is God's instruction to us. The reminder not to worship the things here, not to worry about the things here. May God help us as his citizens to view earthly needs through his provision. 
Father, thank you this morning that you've reminded us of these truths. Lord, we, we can look at our job. We can look at the economy. Lord, we, we look at a nation where our leaders are spending us into oblivion. It, it just, everything they're doing from a financial stewardship standpoint is ridiculous and absolutely careless. But Lord, they're just following the path that other nations have followed. And yet, in all of history and in all those other nations, we stand and declare your faithfulness in providing for your children. And Lord, you're going to continue to do that. But as things get darker, Lord, as evil men and seducers wax worse and worse, that doesn't change our God's ability to provide for us. And Lord, it reminds us that we need to just continue to do your will here and to seek your kingdom. So would you help us? Help us to be faithful in that. In Jesus' name. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've received. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and God's Word has had an impact on your life, as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.